0: Hello and welcome to Cruise Club. We've got the need, the need to podcast. This is episode 32, Night and Day from 2010. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike with us tonight to talk about... I don't know. Mission Impossible Light, I guess we could call. Uber Light. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Three and a half. I'm I guess sure. so.
0: I don't know. We have with us not one, but two guests. The guest you just heard laughing. You know him from past episodes. You know him from his newsletter, Numlock News. We have Walter Hickey. Hello, Walter. Hello. Thank you for having me back on. This is a, always a really fun time. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for joining us. And also with us tonight, someone who has spent most of her life living with the last name Knight, no longer. But she, who's, who's better suited. To talk about a movie called Night and Day, then the former Jessica Knight, Jessica Collins. Hello, Jess. Hey there. Thank you for being back and thank you for bringing your last name expertise to this movie. Are you related <laughs> to the uh, Tom Cruise character in this movie?
2: You know, I think we're a distant relation on my father's side, twice removed.
0: Ooh, very, very <laughs> exciting. Before we go further, though, let me give a quick plot summary in case people have not seen this movie. Because this movie is not streaming for free anywhere. It feels like the kind of movie that you would find somewhere. It seems not out there. So here's a quick plot summary about Night and Day. Before we talk about whether we liked it, didn't like it, favorite parts, all that sort of stuff. So Tom Cruise plays a guy named Roy Miller, a mild-mannered spy, I guess. Uh, He's like (laughs) sort of slow burn Ethan Hunt. We don't really realize that he's Ethan Hunt until a little bit into the movie. He boards a flight with Cameron Diaz to Boston, kills a bunch of people on a plane. He then sort of teams up with her, says that people are going to come after her, warn her about him. Special agents bring her in for questioning, tell tell her basically that Ethan went rogue because Ethan always goes rogue. They're all searching for this little super power battery thing called the Zephyr. And that's hidden in a little knight figure, which is very fitting because we eventually find out that uh, Cruz's last name is actually Knight. We learn that Cruz went rogue because he thought his partner would, so we wanted to save... This little battery from falling into the wrong hands. We travel the globe. We meet Paul Dana, who's the scientist who created the battery. Gal Gadot shows up. This movie gets really exciting for a little bit because Gal Gadot's <laughs> here. Stellar skateboard. Stellan Skarsgård, who's been tracking Cruz, he goes rogue. Meanwhile, Cameron Diaz, who has spent the entire movie having to get rescued by Tom Cruise, finally takes some initiative. Finally, gets some agency in the story. Goes to Cruz's house learns that he quote-unquote died in Kuwait in a helicopter crash. Um, she gets taken by the bad guys. Cruz rescues her again. They run with the bulls, which is amazing. Stellar Skateboard gets the battery, explodes, which is kind of cool. Cruz gets shot, but he survives. He gets brought in. The CIA is going to basically kill him. Cameron Diaz rescues him, and then they live ostensibly happily ever after. I do have a question for everybody up front. There are two versions of this. I don't know if you know that there's two versions. There's a theatrical and an extended. I know that Mike watched the theatrical I watched the extended. Jess and Walter, which version did you watch? Did you watch the like two hour extended or like the hour 45 ish theatrical? I was theatrical. I've seen both. From what I gather, the theatrical is probably a little bit better. The movie censorship website says that the extended version offers a little bit more backstory into Cameron Diaz's character. You see more about her, like why she wants to restore the car all that sort of stuff, you know, the gift to her sister, Maggie Grace from Taken, from Lost, who's getting married. We got another Lost connection coming up in the next movie, Mike, too. We got Lost connection. So there's a little bit more there, and there's a little bit more action. But it seems like, for the most part, the extra eight or nine minutes that it adds aren't vital. So if you saw the theatrical, I think that's totally fine. I think what we've learned, Mike, through both TomTom episodes, TomTom podcasts, is it seems like the
3: theatrical is usually better
1: hmm yeah so far yep I all agree. movies
3: should be shorter this all is, movies this is should be shorter. <laughs> every <laughs> movie deserves to be slightly shorter than it currently is this is just a <laughs> universal fact of movies all right so Jess let's start with you I have a question for you
0: do you remember why you signed up for this one is this a movie that you particularly like or love or is it just a random one you picked and then if you had to pick a favorite part what is your favorite part of night and day
2: i love this movie okay i have zero shame that i love this movie <laughs> i signed up because i love this movie not just Easy. because my you know former last name is part of the title mm-hmm. my favorite scene in this movie is the diner scene
1: oh okay oh oh my god it's so good yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that's the, I've, i would say if i had to pick a scene that's my favorite scene
0: when when they meet up with her ex-boyfriend stay yes. in the booth yeah just stay in the booth <laughs> on a broader scale, what do you love about this movie? Uh, do you love a lot of Tom Cruise movies? Do you love this more than most is this where does this rank among your your favorite Tom Cruise movies?
2: I think we all know that legend is by far oh and,
1: has, <laughs> Hell is yeah. and
2: always will be my favorite movie of all time
1: mm-hmm. there's
2: there's never gonna be there's never gonna be another one. <laughs> this is pretty up there. I watched this movie Friday. My cousin and I watched it. My cousin is also a huge Tom Cruise fan. Shout out, Mike. Yes. Shout out to my cousin, Mike. Mike Knight? No, unfortunately, he doesn't have a cool last name like I do. Sorry about that, Mike. It's just so much fun. And it feels like it's basically Ethan Hunt trying to find a date in between his (laughs) Mission Impossible movies. The plot is stupid. Like, if you're trying to follow along with the plot, there's so many holes, but it's just fun. I just really like it because I feel like it's carefree Tom Cruise, and he's just, like, having a great time, and it's, like, a fun weekend, and then it's back to work on Monday.
0: That is – kind of fits in perfectly with, I guess, Tom Cruise's reason for taking this. He wanted to do another spy thriller, but was supposed to do either, like, Salt or The Tourist – which I think is The Tourist Ooh. is maybe, is that the Johnny Depp
1: movie? Yeah, and Salt yeah. was Angelina.
0: Yeah, yeah and so the, apparently he was like, he had signed on to do The Tourist and then uh, his, his new boy, Christopher McQuarrie, was doing like extensive rewrites and he dropped out to do this. But he chose to do this one because he wanted to have, just to your point, he wanted to do like sort of like a lighter, more rompier sort of action comedy kind of. It seems like what you love about this is almost explicitly the reason why he did this movie is because he wanted to do the kind of movie he normally does, but have a little bit more fun with it.
2: That's exactly what it is, I think.
0: And Walter, what about you? Why did you sign up to do this movie? You haven't been on it in a while. Is this one of your personal favorites? Is this one you had never seen before? What are your thoughts about it? And do you have a favorite part or a favorite moment?
3: Uh, the answer is no to every single one of those things. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I basically, like, you guys sent over the Rolodex of of, of movies mm-hmm. that were available. And, and part of my response was just, like, number one, I genuinely enjoy watching new movies that I've never seen before or had mm-hmm. no relationship to. And, and this one, I... Uh, Had never seen before. Again, I enjoy Tom Cruise. I enjoy the various different evolutions of him as a guy. Uh, And this movie kind of, and again, like I'm sure that we're going to get into the reception of it well later on in this episode, but like. I think for a couple different reasons, I didn't get a chance to see this picture, uh, and so as a result, I was super down to watch it. And it's a very fascinating movie if you like, it, like if you try to take it apart and understand what's going on and all that kind of stuff. And so, honestly, I, I did not know what to expect signing up for it. Uh, I'm happy I did because this is going to be a great episode.
0: Mike, what about you? I know that you your your rating of this kind of wildly surprised me oh, yeah. on, on Letterboxd, but I guess you wound up really liking this.
3: Again,
1: I, I surprised myself, I think. I, I'd never seen this movie before. I think it came out around the time, when it came out, I sort of think I wrote it off as another, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing, which I didn't like back then, but recently rewatched, <laughs> I really loved love that movie, too. But I love this movie. It's super unpredictable, like, it's almost sort of satire-ish, it's, like, kind of meta, like, it's, it's almost like, Joey, you know how we used to talk about how, like, we wanted to write the ultimate Nick Cage movie. Yeah. And it had to and we had like all these checks and boxes that we were like writing off. Like this feels like someone sat down and wrote like the Tom Cruise movie. Like he's he's running on a roof in sunglasses for like half the movie. Like it is everything. <laughs> I mean I just had so much fun like from beginning to end. And I don't know I also loved how it's sort of like all through Cameron Diaz's point of view and everything i mean there's so much to go into yeah i just had a great time watching it
0: i wish that i did mm. i uh oh, no. i don't think this is a bad movie i remember watching this at my parents house i think this was a movie i'm, I'm a terrible gift giver to my parents because i because they basically what do you buy for parents <laughs> who basically have everything you know like not and that's not like <laughs> a, it's it just it's not like a brag like that they're well off i think it's just like i've never known what to get them because i either didn't have money for a long time or like they just you know, whatever they need, they get. And so I think I got this for, for one of them for some holiday because I was like, oh, my mom kind of likes Cameron Diaz. My dad likes Tom Cruise. This seems like a movie they could both like. And I remember watching it and being like, oh. And so I watched it again today. And I think for most of the movie, it's fine. I don't dislike it i think it's fun i think it's enjoyable i think the Mm -hmm. pamplona running with the bull scene is an all-time great i think that's incredible at the end but i think Mm -hmm. for the most part it's just it's just a mind-numbing kind of two hours and i'm a little i don't want to get too feminist or whatever here but i feel like the cameron diaz character has given like absolutely no agency throughout most of this movie only when she's finally able to do things on her own do i feel like oh like this is enjoyable now i just feel like she's running around like I get that it's kind of like if one of us was tagging along with Ethan Hunt on one of his missions and, like, we were just getting in his way. Like, I get the humor there, but it just feels like she is so bumbly, and I just didn't connect with it. And I wish that I did, but Mm. I don't know. But, yeah, my, my favorite part, though, for sure, is that bike chase through the bowls in Pamplona because, man, oh, man, that is a lot of fun. But otherwise, you know, I just, I think I'm going to mostly forget this again in a couple days.
1: I was surprised by the great action. Like, I think all the action pieces are great. Like, the train stuff, like the plane sequence like every like it's just every like 10 minutes or 20 minutes or something there's like a crazy action sequence that's great I'm surprised Gal Gadot's not your favorite part of the movie Joey I I mean I I do love I was getting heavy fast and furious vibes already with the Cameron Diaz character how she's like such a you know gearhead and everything like that from the moment Tom Cruise is on screen like I couldn't stop laughing like I don't know why or what it is but it just feels like Almost like last action hero, like Cameron Diaz, like fell into a movie one day and like couldn't get out. It just hit me like on more of like a, a comedic level. I guess I wasn't expecting well, that. that's what it's and supposed it, to be. Yeah, and it, and it and it attached to me and it ran throughout the entire movie.
3: I figured out when I got the joke, which is that like what this originally must have been. I'll get to this later, but like I think that this movie is actually worse because Tom Cruise is in it. Full take, but I think that what this was pitched as is just like, "Hey, you know what we've never done? Uh, What if we looked at a uh, the Bond girl and literally just saw her journey? Like, what's it like? She passes out, she wakes up in a new place. The guy's doing like it's basically (laughs) like, what if you accidentally threw in a woman who has to go to her sister's wedding and then made her the Bond girl?" And then, what's the experience like for her? It's got like it's got all the beats and syncopation and excellent set pieces of Bond movie. And part of that might just because I've been watching Bond movies lately. But like this seems like it was written probably when the first writer was on it. Uh, it was probably a pastiche of Bond and the use of Bond girls. And then when writers two through fourteen took a stab at it, it changed up slightly. <laughs> I think that's the weird thing
0: is that by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, this is a Cameron Diaz movie. But like it's sold and it's told. Like it's a Tom mm-hmm. Cruise movie. And I yes. think that there's a confusing protagonist issue. It should be interesting. Cause that because what you just described sounds like a great movie. This is kind of close to that, but it also feels like other movies that try this, like, you know, the isn't it romantic movie, The Rebel Wilson from last year, where she's like, I'm in a rom com, I know I'm in a rom-com. And that didn't work. Or there's that new Ryan Reynolds movie where it's like, I'm in a video game. Like, hopefully that works better. <laughs> but I feel like there's yeah. these <laughs> movies that like tries to skew what it is and it kind mm. of connects, but doesn't quite Right? And the movie that you describe, Walter, is the movie that I want to see. Like, I want to see that, and I don't know that we fully get that here. I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, again, like, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen on the writing side. It looked like, and then when True signs on, obviously the entire movie gets overhauled. But like, I think that there's just a lot going on in this, and I, I liked a lot of it. But like, I think that the nut of it, you're right, that there is kind of a protagonist issue going on. But I again would love to hear more about uh, what the folks who who really genuinely enjoyed this movie like from it, because there is a ton to like. Yeah,
1: I got I got way more of like a screwball '40s sort of thing going on, like a Cary Granish kind of charade almost quality, or like, you know, the funny Hitchcock stuff or things like like almost like it's a action rom com to a degree or something like that you know where it's like oh like older sensibilities meet the modern way of filmmaking kind of thing and so like I sort of sank into that in a a lot of ways and sort of maybe that's why I was able to sort of rationalize maybe more of Cameron Diaz's behavior because I was like well the movie knows it's a movie for sure and it's trying Mm -hmm. to be several types of movies and like one of them is sort of like you know like breakfast to Tiffany's or something you know like something of that nature like it it really feels like they're squeaking everything into here doesn't work 100% like I definitely have issues with like the villains and things and it's like motivations of a lot of people and things like that i'm running it off because like the action is so amazing and like it it just came off so well
0: i wonder if we just know too much about tom cruise's character like i think that what you're (laughs) i think what you're saying mike about the villains issue is i think it's it sort of pertains to cruise a little bit too in that like if he was just a series of tropes... oh, yeah i could
1: have used without his parents kind of thing you know like suddenly they're like the mcmillionaires and he's like sort of tucked them away and made like that was very weird like i would have rather have gotten more the one arms dealer trying like why does he want the Zephyr? i mean i know everyone wants it because it's powerful but like right there's a line where he's like oh yeah that guy wants it too and like that's all we really get so like yeah it needs to flesh out things more to be a better movie but
0: I do feel like with the uh, the parents am glad you brought up McMillionaires because like with McMillions on HBO right now, I'm just like, oh, like when they won Publishers Clearinghouse twice, I'm like, oh, this is like the same thing as, as the McDonald's scam. It's just the same. There's just people pulling the strings, but in, except in this case, yeah, it's Tom Cruise <laughs> instead of Uncle Jerry. It's different. Jess, like, what what about this? I mean, I know that you sort of describe it. Like, can you defend? I don't want to call these faults or <laughs> flaws, but like, I want to hear more about why you love it. I want to I want to dig into like what you connect with in this is it just the the carefree atmosphere do you love the cameron diaz element like what about this like do you really love
2: so here's the thing i feel like when i'm always guessing i'm always the person that's just like i like to watch the movie to watch the movie i can give a crap that the plot like really makes zero sense or the fact that cameron diaz is just like totally starstruck by tom cruise because let's be honest if it was me and i was cameron diaz I'd be starstruck by Tom Cruise too. Well, I think I that's like,
0: I think that's like a big question in the movie, right? It's yeah. like should you trust a stranger or should you trust a stranger when he looks and acts like Tom Cruise?
2: <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if he's looks <laughs> if he looks and acts like Tom Cruise and he's just like he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm the guy." And you're like, "Okay, I'm going to follow this guy around because yeah. either either he's going to give me the action-packed weekend of my life. For the shitty wedding that I'm going to, that I really don't even want to be in for my shithead sister. (laughs) She's my sister. I love her, whatever. But hey, there's this cool dude. Let's go hang out with him. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to follow him around. Maybe I'm going to die. I'm going to take a bullet. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be happy. It was going to be great. All right. It's not two hours wasted because it's two hours where, like, you don't have to try very hard, which is one of the reasons why I love reading stupid books sometimes. It's just you don't have to put too much effort into it. You just, watch the movie like you're just
1: along for the ride i get that yeah every once in a while i gotta pick up the da vinci code i feel like this movie <laughs> kind of suffers
0: for me in a, in a way that like i'm watching it for tom cruise and i don't love tom cruise like it's just the specific lens that we're watching it for this podcast like it's 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 a weird thing to do like if i was just watching this as a movie i think it might be a little bit different i also think that if it was closer to what walter was saying before i think i would like it a little bit more too but it's just i don't know that this is a great tom cruise movie because due to real life scheduling we're recording the ghost protocol movie or episode tomorrow night and so i also mm-hmm. watched that today and i was like holy shit like going from mm-hmm. this to that like oh my like it's it's night it's yeah pardon the pun it's night and day like it is- <laughs> damn it and no yeah, no yeah, yeah. guys it's
3: been great thank you for having me i'm always delighted to come on I'm out. I'm done. I'm I'm pounding out. That's too much. (laughs) I am
0: saluting. I am saluting. Tipping the cap. But no. But like, it's just like like Steve Harvey. It's 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 the send up of the thing, and then we get the thing, and it's the best thing. It's so good. And I get that this isn't trying to be Mission Impossible,
3: but man,
1: yeah. I think the issue is we got it back to back.
3: Yeah. Tom Cruise as a human being is always a like where he's at at his point in his career, what roles he's taking, all that kind of stuff is always kind of in the ambient background of of what we talk about with Tom Cruise movies. And so this comes obviously at an interesting time where he's finally got a footing with his, uh, mission impossible franchise. That's kind of trucking faster than ever, but then very little else that he's trying to kind of combobulate on the side uh, did Jack Richard bomb yet, or is that before? No,
0: oh, that's coming a couple years later. Did you, just real quick side note, did you do for 538, did you do the four or five types of Tom Cruise movies, or is he not one you did?
3: No, I totally did that. I have very few memories about precisely how it broke down. It's probably, it's mostly early career versus late career kind okay. of stuff.
0: Where We're firmly in the middle of what is undeniably the weirdest stretch in his career. So he does... Mission Impossible 3 and comes off the highs of that, right? Then he goes to Lions for Lambs, where he basically plays Marco Rubio. It's like, oh, okay. Then he Ah. plays Tropic Thunder, where he's just an aging, balding, angry studio exec as a cameo, fun, weird, whatever. Then he does Valkyrie, where he plays a Nazi. Then he's in this, and then he's in another Mission Impossible movie. And then he's in Rock of Ages,
3: yeah. This is a weird gauntlet of Cruz, isn't it? I think that a lot of what we were what you're seeing now with Cruz, at least now in the like the period that we're talking is like he has a good franchise. But Tom Cruise, is 57 years old and cannot be ethan hunt forever and as a result like you can see that with the jack preacher stuff you can see that i think to a lesser extent with this one you can see him attempting to like well what's the next franchise that we're gonna lay the groundwork down for amicable spy but more romantic comedy component to it is a viable angle that you could potentially run with for a while he's i think trying stuff out experimentally which is always interesting but like yeah the thing with night and day is that like if you imagine this movie but instead of Tom Cruise being it being a two-hander and he's like the co-lead and even honestly first build And if you instead imagine like a Henry Cavill in this role and he's firmly supporting and then Cameron Diaz is kind of given a much more elevated position and, and gets more auto- like not autonomy, but like more centrality to mm-hmm. it. Right. I think that it's a better movie in some interesting ways, but I get totally why he did it. To all your points there, Mike, what we're seeing here is that Cruz is kind of, I mean,
0: in a much bigger, higher A list level, but he's in the same place as Nicolas Cage, right? Because he's like an aging action star to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. He's the one who can't really see the spotlight. Because, like, if Tom Cruise is in your movie, he has to be the star, even though this isn't really a Tom Cruise movie. This is supposed to be a Cameron Diaz movie. He's trying to figure out what's next. And instead of going the Keanu route and going like smaller, interesting, weirdo kind of roles he needs to be that lead and i feel like it's still working but i think everything that walter's saying it's like well how do we do this when he is 57 years it's just like it, it's it doesn't yeah. quite connect it's it's a strange
1: place it, to be it's interesting because unlike cage and you know for a while keanu had like matrix to fall back on right yeah. like he knew they were gonna do two more at least and they're coming back but like you know cage never really had a franchise. he's not a franchise guy like what's interesting about Cruz is that he national knows he's treasure he wants impossible. to be a- <laughs> i know we hope fingers are crossed but like what's interesting about Cruz is he knows he's got mission impossible in his back pocket right and he knows like he owns that so like he can go off and make take chances kind of like he can yeah. make night and day as like a one-off right and he'll go and make like oblivion and it's like there's not gonna you know that's a one you know like he i don't feel like he's starting trying to start more franchises but he is trying to sort of like branch out in that action genre so it's like okay an action comedy an action sci-fi an action you know what i'm saying like he's sort of branching out in the genre a little more i think
3: i want want to push back on that a little bit because if you look at all of his non-mission impossible work after 2010 which is night and day You have, let's set aside Rock of Ages. You have Jack Reacher, which is unambiguously a play for a franchise. Mm -hmm. You have Edge of Tomorrow, which is unambiguously a play for a franchise. You have The Mummy, which is unambiguously Hmm. a play for a franchise. I think he's trying to get a second thing that he can ride off into the sunset in. You know, and, and hmm. I think that you're right in right. the sense that he's trying to make new stuff. But I think that like night and day, this strikes me as the kind of thing where it can evolve into a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. Capers and spy movies have always worked. If it had hit, I I bet that you would have had a, a second and a third and a fourth and so on and so forth. Yeah,
1: that, that Dark Universe thing I totally forgot about, <laughs> like wiped that from my mind intentionally. Like Jack Reacher, I see, but yeah. that just is such more of a subdued sort of thing. It's really almost feels like CSI on the big screen screen and kind of thing. But I, yeah, it is very franchise And I don't think Edge of Tomorrow was conceived that way, but it's definitely, thank goodness, they're, they're making another one of those. So it's cool.
0: What is kind of weird about where he's winding up is that I sort of see it as like a hybrid of your two points of view. It's that like, I don't know that these are necessarily, like some of them explicitly are being franchise he liked the dark universe. But I think some of them are just like, what could be a movie that we tell in one or two? Because it feels like in whether it's just because he's getting too old or they're not a hit as big as they should be or just it just takes a while. But it feels like instead of doing franchises, he's doing like movie plus sequel, right? Like he's doing a second edge of tomorrow and he's doing second Top Gun. He's the two Jack Reachers, right? It just feels like whether the sequel doesn't do as much or it's it takes time to get there or whatever, like maybe he is going for that, but it seems he's in an interesting kind of rhythm or cadence where it's like one-off movie gets a sequel and then stops. Now he's too old for Jack Reacher. They're gonna replace him, we're gonna do a TV series or whatever they're doing, they're gonna reboot it without him. It just feels strange that he is still a movie star, still an action star. And you know, we still have a decade to go. We're finally we're closing in. We're still way ahead of where we are with Tom Hanks.
3: This is the first film that he released during the Obama administration.
0: Okay. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Cause yeah, he didn't do any in 09. We're eleven years ahead of mm-hmm. Hanks now. So like we are flying through, we're getting modern, but it feels like it's not the beginning of the end, but this is definitely a different era. You know, Mike, we've been talking for like five or six episodes about like this sort of weird stretch that we're in. But maybe we're still in a weird stretch because like outside of Edge of Tomorrow, has there been two out of the last like 15 movies have been like a really big, fun, exciting new thing? It just seems like a lot of them are like introspective or kind of not as big as they
1: could or should be. Well, I mean, they're certainly not like dramatic showcases you know what I'm saying like he's not going to sit behind a desk for 45 minutes and talk to Meryl Streep or he's not gonna you know go across country with his brother you know what I'm saying like he's firmly in a mode mm-hmm. it's just like I can't you know it just keeps shifting around in weird ways that like I can't quite track but he seems to be like content where he is because it doesn't seem like he has like that dramatic shit to fall back on anymore because he hasn't been doing it you know and whereas like you know well cage has cornered the vod market but like (laughs) you know (laughs) i i feel like hanks you know like hanks is always kind of going to be secure because he's always going to be a great dramatic actor and he never really had to delve into action too much or it'll be interesting to see when his body quits on him like what actually happens to his career
0: we're, we're sort of in in the era of cruise club where like it's more interesting from an analytical perspective than ever before but it's also <laughs> less interesting from an actual visual standpoint than ever before but i mean we still have some of my favorite tom cruise movies to come including the maybe the three best mission impossible movies and edge of tomorrow and like it was there's still great stuff to come but we are definitely it's a new era of cruise club and uh you know, as we approach the end here, it's 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 getting interesting. All right, Jess, on the flip side of this, on this movie you love, is there anything about this that you don't love?
2: I mean, I'm kind of with you. You know, you said it earlier, you know, not to be like feminist, but Cameron Diaz kind of, she is super ditzy and she's like kind of dumb. And honestly, I, I'm i pretty sure I would notice if someone was putting shit into my carry-on. If I'm on a plane and everyone's kind of passed out, I'm not just going to be like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> You know, that part of it, that part of it irritates me and it'll always irritate me, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I still love the movie for what it is of just being, it's just this playful. I feel like Tom Cruise is just, he's in this movie to have fun, to take a break from what he's doing and like doing all the action stuff. I don't think he was doing it to make it like a a great movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like if I was an action actor, I would want to kind of take a break and take a step back to do something kind of fun and lighthearted just for a little bit before I jump back into... Okay, I'm going to go get my ass beat for real in a more serious movie. (laughs) And I do
0: wonder, because we have now Cameron Diaz returning from Vanilla Sky. Like, I wonder if they hit it off on that movie, because she's not the lead of Vanilla Sky. She's only in maybe... A third of the movie, but I wonder if they just had some kind of you know on screen off screen chemistry or whatever, and just like hey like let's do this together again. I'm not sure. I also he was not. I don't know if he was the first choice because it seems like as he dropped out of the tourist at one point, Chris Tucker was attached to be the lead, and Ava Mendes oh. was going to be the Cameron Diaz role, which is a wildly different mm. movie than the one we got. I think, and also consider yeah. for the lead role here. Adam Sandler and Gerard Butler, which are also
1: wildly different movies. Oh, that could have been good. I was thinking a same-sex kind of situation, or I was. Thinking oh, I don't. I don't know. Like, no,
0: no, I don't think together. I think that uh, oh, each oh, in the cruise oh. role. I don't I, know. This because, was ever. Yeah, I
1: could see Adam Sandler being sort of like dumbstruck by Gerard Butler. Like that would be <laughs> kind of good. But or, or like you could even do like Angelina Jolie and like me or whoever, right? Like some, <laughs> what? Some, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying in general. Like you could play with the gender of this too and like i feel like that's that's what i was thinking too because i was like man like if i was on a plane and this was going down and like angelina jolie was like acting like tom cruise was and all this i'd be just this sort of like flighty and and ditzy and stupid probably (laughs)
0: sure quick sidebar in terms of critical reception this movie has a 52 percent on rotten tomatoes 49 percent audience score 46 on metacritic i think it kind of flies well budget of 117 million domestic made 76 worldwide made 261 Ooh. so it was
3: not a huge hit oh it was a flop it made like four million dollars in its first weekend it was like bad yeah right? it,
0: like it, it worldwide made up for it but I guess that's just because Tom Cruise is an action star worldwide but still like it, it was not the hit that they wanted it to be so it's it's uh, it's mixed at best I think the the tepid reaction and I think that this is a movie that is overall just kind of fun and forgettable. But Walter, what about you? What about this? You know, I know that we sort of you, you've made points before that you think that it'd be better suited without Tom Cruise with maybe more of Henry Cavill. But is there a specific part or moment in here that you don't like something that you think doesn't work especially well?
3: The big question that I had over the course of the movie was who is the movie for? Mm-hmm. And when I was watching Cameron Diaz, who, who like I will go out and say, like, I think she's objective, funny. She's a, she's a very funny actress. Mm-hmm. I think that she is good at comedy. And I do not think that Tom Cruise is as adept at comedy. I think that he's good at performing, but I don't always think that he's like, he really has that sense of timing. One thing that I really like enjoyed about this movie was I was trying to see who this movie was for. I think that there's a world in which that the original conception of this movie was, oh, we're going to invert the Bond formula and we want this to be for, you know, like a four quadrant, even like a younger kind of crowd. Right. But then I think that with the casting, especially with Cameron Diaz, especially with Tom Cruise, it was like, actually, maybe this is a comedy for adults who you know who know the tropes that we're going through here who know cameron diaz and who who maybe it's like oh we want to target especially women for an action movie kind of in that direction and then like it's just too heavy on crews and they just i don't i kind of lose track of who it's for and i think that the moment that i really lost track of who it was for like i think after the third time that cameron diaz was drugged <laughs> I think that I was like, wait a minute, I'm not entirely sure where this movie's going. I think that they've kind of relied on this one crutch too many times. And I don't really remember James Bond drugging that many women. So I don't really think that it works as well as they think it does as far as kind of gluing the movie together. The reliance on that was kind of the thing that took me the most out of it because I think it really undermined my notion of who the movie was for.
0: Yeah, and there's the thing later that they make a joke about, but when she wakes up in her apartment or in her house in Boston, and she's in different clothes, and she's got the sticky notes everywhere, and she's had breakfast made for her, like, it's supposed to be this, like, romantic, like, look at him, he's doing everything for her, but even then, I'm just like, wait, she's wearing different clothes, how'd that happen? And then she wakes up on the beach- in the bikini, and then she makes the thing, and he's like, you know, I've been trained to do this with a paperclip and a junior mint, like, I can change in clothes without looking or whatever, and it's like, that's still, like, (laughs) they're addressing it, but it's still like, oh, that's kind of icky, and then later, I guess they play it off by saying that he wakes up later with different clothes or whatever, and Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, you know, I can do the same thing, too, but it's still like, no, that's different, and I feel like because we're seeing the movie, or we're supposed to be seeing the movie, I think, from her perspective, the constant drugging of it is... Attempted to be like what you're saying, Walter, like a a running gag, but it go go to the well too much. I like when they mix it up and like he makes her pass out by the pressure point or whatever. Like, I think that's kind of funny-ish. The constant in new clothing and just the overall lack of agency. It's like, oh, this is strange, especially since like it's supposed to be her movie. And it quickly becomes not her movie.
1: It starts out as like a funny once-off, like, oh, she's in over her head in the spy game, kind of, you know, like, and he's not even thinking twice about it. And then, like, the second time, it's like, huh, well, that's funny, like... Okay. And then the third time I'm like, all right, this is just like a crutch, you know, (laughs) like we need to get from A to B and I don't know how to get her there. So like, I'm just going to like have her pass out and wake up and stuff. But I mean, it would have been funnier. Yeah. Like if, if it was a different, like, you know, one time she, got like i'm not saying it's much better but like if she had gotten like knocked on the head by something and knocked on, you know if they were all different things and not just constantly being drugged and stuff even that would have been a little bit better but like too many times for sure to like you know even be funny like it kind of go overboard
3: it's moments like that where the 12 writers really show like, <laughs> this movie went through rewrites and rewrites and rewrites and rewrites the pimplon, like or the i should say the running of the bull sequence is really really good yeah all of the set pieces are really really good even some of the conceits are really really good i love the parents stuff i know that some of y'all don't but like i think that was really good of just like you know finding out that james bond's name isn't james bond it's like steve blankenship and, and like i just think it's like a clever thing but it just the there's no cohesion in it and there's no connective tissue and i think that that's kind of a symptom of its fairly troubled production process it's funny
1: you can almost like feel the last writer come in and put that final drug joke in the end as a reversal you know like not that you say yeah. like that's how that feels like. what about
0: this doesn't work for you is there something here that you would swap sub out or swap out or change or alter or remove
1: well definitely the most surprising part was seeing Gal Gadot show up like yeah. I think that, that was <laughs> great. and like to not have her stick around for the rest of the movie is a cinema sin if I've ever seen one that's bad um definitely like the one thing like I could sort of take everything except for how loose the motivation of the villains were and like even stellar skateboard like like the guy is such a twerp like I, I don't know I just felt like he didn't have the authority to be chasing down Cruz at all. Like he didn't show any skills or anything like that. You know, the other guy, Antonio, like I just feel like there should have been way more people after them too, you know, and like for what he has in his pocket. But also, I was thinking along the way too, like Cameron. Diaz's character like it uh, maybe a fix that could have gone on here it could have been sort of like a you know stick with me like sort of like an inner space kind of thing where like maybe he's like hiding something on her sort of maybe in like a Hobbs and Shaw way Joey where like there's something about her that's vital it's not the battery but literally Cameron Diaz needs to be sort of like this escort mission so that she, you know they're after her instead of the battery kind of thing like that could have Fixed a lot too.
0: Yeah, because what's the what's the purpose of her tagging along? That's just because she's kind of pot committed, but like it feels like at any point she could just leave.
1: Yeah, and she does once or twice, and then like Tom Cruise drags her back into everything. But again. but to
0: <laughs> what? Like but, <laughs> but
1: why? I'm not quite sure. That's you know yeah. So that's another thing is like even his motivations are unclear, and like maybe they can just write that off as like oh he's being spyish and like playing it close to the vest, and like you know you can't you're never gonna know like all, what he's thinking and everything. So some of that stuff did get to me a little bit but then i forgot all about it after like the awesome action set piece
0: <laughs> you know i i do wonder if like with regards to the uh stellar skateboard being a twerp and such like i wonder if if they had played up because i feel like again it sort of straddles the middle ground where they try to make his character the viola davis character viola davis in this movie for some reason oh, um they great. try to make them both like real characters but i feel like if they had leaned more on like cliches more than they did and just like going back to what we were saying before like if it's an inversion of the Bond girl, or like they, they, she finds herself in a Bond movie or whatever. Like, if you're able to, like, be more generic and more archetypal on purpose and have them be less as people and more just as like CIA director, like, not even give her a name or something, her name is like director, you know, like, I feel like there's, there's yeah. something to do there to make them more vague and like just generic because, like, as they are, you're like, of course he's going to go bad because, like, why wouldn't he go bad? But the movie's trying to telegraph it so that he, there's a chance he isn't bad, but like he's always going to go bad. It's trying to tell like an authentic story, but also the predictable story, and then kind of winds up sort of satisfying neither.
1: It, it was great to see Amanda Waller show up, though. I was like, man, she is she's <laughs> badass at everything. Truly yeah, yeah like she, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you gonna? I was say? gonna
0: say truly a Suicide Squad up
1: in here. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, like it, it should have had. Her. Like I wanted to see her out in the field, like tracking him down. And you know what I'm saying? Like as opposed to skateboard, that's what I'm talking about. Like they, they sort of like backseat. She took the backseat too much.
3: Like, well, I think that like in the Bond movies, M doesn't go like you know that it's it's the exception of no, the rule that M yeah. once in a while. <laughs> She did. And then she died in Skyfall. Like this happened. Like, oh, yeah, um, but again, like I, I'm very much viewing the, this through the prism of bond, because I think that this is very much a reaction to it. Uh, the, and again, it went in a different direction. I think that the crew, that you can't get rid of the cruise component of it. I don't know. I think it was, a, a, again, I, I have been saying negative things about it, or at least critiquing it to an extent, but like, At the end of the day, like I really did actually, I I enjoyed the hour and 49 minutes that I spent with it. I'm more with Jessica than, uh, than I am like necessarily letting on. I think that this movie has a lot of good heart in it. And I think that like my favorite part was like the parents and that kind of thing of showing those relationships in that arc too. So I think that there's a lot of good in this one. Yeah,
0: I don't think that anybody could really point to this as a bad movie. I think that at the at the worst, it's forgettable. Like, I think that there's nothing about this. Like, it is charming, it is fun, there is good action, the leads are both likable. I think it's a little bit messy, but I don't think that this is a bad movie. Like, I think that you could do a lot worse. And even though I have this toward the bottom of my cruise rankings, Mike, again, it's just sort of like a, a function of like. It's just the, mm-hmm. the hand that we've been dealt with, like, so many good movies. Like, we know that there's some clunkers coming, but, like, there's very few bad movies that if you're sh- – Like, I don't think that anybody would ever say – and maybe, Jess, if, if, if you would, let me know. I don't think anybody would say, like, give me a Tom Cruise movie to watch. You'd be like, oh, Night and Day. But I don't think that this is, like we, – we got rid of worst movie in the awards for a reason because, like, this is not a bad movie. Like This would be yeah. one of his worst movies, but, like, it shouldn't be in the running for that kind of award because it's not – a bad movie.
2: Yeah, I I think we can all we all know that I would safely say that this, this is not the Tom Cruise movie I would recommend.
0: No, you uh, your uh, Tom Cruise has a little bit longer hair and has a uh, more elfish and druid like, or I don't even know what's that movie about. and he's
2: not and he's not wearing pants. He's not wearing
1: pants. So not wearing pants. It's about how Tom Cruise saves the unicorn, the last unicorn, and turns the princess back from her shadow self oh, and boy. defeats the demon getting a headache just listening guy. to this description again awesome Thank am sorry what
2: appreciate
0: what's that what's happening any other thoughts about night and day I do want to point out that Tom Cruise eats ice cream twice in this movie and he wears two different pairs of sunglasses and he runs at least twice a guy does hang out off a link of sausages out a moving train window which i thought was a nice touch but any other thoughts about this before we play a couple games and nominate this for some awards
3: i think it's interesting as a james mangold movie uh i think that he's an interesting director and i think that it kind of comes everything after it that he's made has been pretty solid gold yeah solid mangold yeah solid mangold <laughs> exactly <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. If you do one more pun, I swear to Christ, I'm never (laughs) – I
0: mean, you're just setting me up, though. You're setting me up. So, I mean, he had done Logan. He had done Ford v. Ferrari. He did – Wolverine, I think, was after this, right? So, I mean, he's done –
3: solid solid stuff after this 310 to yuma's before walk the line as before i think think the girl interrupted oh yeah yeah it's it's this is a very like he's a very competent guy and i would say that again like for its many flaws i do not think that any of those any of those whatsoever are in the direction i think that it's a really good looking movie uh it's very watchable the action sequences are great action sequences tend to be much more like choreography rather like it's just it's real good i think that there's like an mvp of the movie i think it is to an extent him because it's just like really he did I think the very best that he was able to do and I think that like everything that is compelling and and visually interesting about this movie of which there's a lot is is I think in his from him you know yeah
1: yeah I think he's a really great action director I'm not so sure about like you know how emotional he can get like you know I wasn't really feeling it so much during Cameron Diaz's little montage where like we sort of see her back to her day-to-day life kind of thing and sorry well but like the parents stuff i know that was supposed to sort of like tug a little bit more at the heartstrings and things but i just was like oh i'm just not i'm just not like getting it i'm just not there with that with that stuff but like the rest of the stuff like i think he's like exceptional the only other thing i wanted to mention was paul dano because i don't think we mentioned him at all and for quite a like small sort of like throwaway role where you could really just cast anyone like I feel like casting him sort of <laughs> just like added a lot, and like that's what Mangold I think did. It's, like he took a script that is very sketchy and he made it work, you know, well enough.
3: Yeah, I, again, like I'll come to the defense of the parents scene because I think that that's the scene where she realizes that there's actually something to this guy that it wasn't all lies. That when he joked like I was a boy scout, ske- actually eagle scout, like that, like that when she makes the connection Got of him. like no, he like has made sacrifices. He, he does have people that he's looking out for, even if he's not allowed to like, and and that he's not entirely full of shit. I think is, that was kind of a critical moment. Like that's where she, I think has her most agency because she is going there with expecting the worst and then there's some, like genuine like oh there's a heart in this cold-blooded killer he has told me about that i did not trust him on and that that kind of propels the rest of the movie forward i like that i like that description Jess, any other
0: thoughts about uh, night and day that we have not covered yet that you want to get off your chest before we play some games
3: no i just
2: feel like it's one of those movies where you grab an alcoholic beverage or several and some snacks and you play a drinking game while you're watching it, and it <laughs> just gets exponentially more fun
0: are you describing your weekend did you Guys, play a uh, drinking game when you watch this on Friday?
2: I didn't, but I drank an entire bottle of wine while I watched this movie, and it hey, was great.
3: There you go. That's, you know, just every time Tom Cruise <laughs> is on screen, take a sip. I'm going to rewatch this movie. And I'm not just gonna rewatch it once. I'm gonna rewatch it about four or five times because every goddamn time I watch this movie, a presidential candidate drops out of the race. <laughs> have to have
0: more <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you could make Super Tuesday very simple if you watch this four or five times
3: tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> first up, first
0: question. We've played this on every other Tom Tom episode before. We obviously have the other podcast, the Tom Hanks podcast, Hanks for the Memories. If Tom Hanks. We're cast in the role of Roy Miller, a.k.a. Roy Knight, a.k.a. whatever his last, first name is, Knight. Do you think this works? Would Tom Hanks be able to play this role? Or if not, where would he play? Could he play, I guess, the Stella Skateboard role? But what do you guys think? Could he play the Tom Cruise role in this movie?
1: <laughs> what I realized watching this movie is he made this movie. It's the man with one red shoe. He's the Cameron Diaz character. Oh, in really? That movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's I didn't like, like that movie either. No, that movie's terrible. <laughs> but I think I'm with Walt too. Like, I don't, I think, you know, if anything, he's, yeah, maybe Stellan Skarsgård, maybe the Paul Dano. You know, I think a peripheral role, but he, I don't – unfortunately, I don't ever see him jumping out of an airplane anytime soon on camera. I think he could also play the
0: Viola Davis role if we want to – I mean, not that we want to take another role away from a woman, but he could also play that sort of distinguished CIA director role. Jess, what about you? Do you think – where do you think Tom Hanks fits in this movie? Does he fit in this movie somewhere?
2: Hold on. I have to say something. It's Peter Sarsgård.
0: What will we – oh, we've been saying – yeah, we've been saying Steven Ste- Wait, no. <laughs> What's his you name? No, you've been saying – Stellan the
2: whole time. It's the same. Well, it's
0: the skateboard. So it's, it's 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 perfect skateboard. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> I, just, I can't tell <laughs> them apart. Although I know Bill is it. Pennywise.
2: Not even the same. Are they all family. related?
1: They're not They're all not related. A, it's not even this the same one, family. Yeah. Oh,
2: this boy. guy is married. Peter Sarsgaard is married. This to one's married Gillen to a Hall.
1: Gillen Hall. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I don't think Tom Hanks could do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It doesn't work for me.
0: Do you think uh, Stellan Skarsgård could do this?
2: I think that his son, not Bill, the super yeah. tall one.
0: Wait, there's guy, a taller one than Bill? Eric yeah, King the one True in... One. Um, What's
2: his name? Yeah,
0: he was in yeah, Bombshell, oh Joey, as the what Canadian, the Canadian he guy. He could do it. Okay. Follow-up question now that we know that Tom Hanks probably could not play this role, we found someone on Twitter named Harperfect who said that you could change, and again, I think if if Ethan Hunt can do it, he can do it here too, we could change Tom Cruise's character name in any movie to the name Lightning McQueen, and not a thing would change. Do you think Night and Day still works with either the McQueen family in Boston, hell yeah, absolutely Irish name for sure, or as Special Agent Lightning McQueen? Sure. I mean, it
1: think it makes the movie better <laughs> that's an additive yeah uh
3: i think that that's a little bit too much mustard on this particular hot dog. but <laughs> honestly i think that it wouldn't necessarily change the content too much again uh i don't think that tom hanks could do it i think that literally if everybody except cameron diaz was british in this movie it would be an excellent movie yeah uh, okay Because I think that you need like if you're gonna go Bond, then I think that you need to triple that. Like you have a stupid MacGuffin, you have like a techie guy who's not Q enough, you have a uh, a CIA director who's not M enough, you have. A a secret agent who's not Bond enough. Like, there's all the raw material there, but I think that they err by making it American because I think that that takes it away from that which they're actually truly pastiche. Not Bond enough is a great name for something
0: like a band or something, but not Bond enough. I like that a lot. Also, Bill's (laughs) brother is Alexander, and according to
1: Google, they are both six foot four, so both (laughs) freakishly tall. Pennywise does not look that tall in real life. Okay.
0: Oh no, he is uh he's big. Isn't he in he was in some
1: He's in Assassination Nation, I think, as well. So,
0: okay. Answer to the question, does Tom Cruise run
1: this? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Like, I thought, Joey, because I'm also watching, like, Ghost Protocol. After Like, I watched these right after the other. And I was like, can it get better than Tom Cruise running on a roof in his sunglasses? And then in Ghost Protocol, he does, like, a... a Sandstorm? A, not only that, but before that, he's running on the side of a building. I was yep. like, all right. Like, yeah. he just keeps stopping himself. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Let's nominate this for some awards. Thinking maybe maybe the golden missions I don't I still don't know hmm. if either of you have any thoughts on like what we can name the awards cuz for the Tom Hanks podcast we have the Woodies we have obviously the the slam dunk just the Woody awards we don't know what to name the Tom Cruise awards we're running out of runway like we have we have almost watched all of his movies I don't know what to name we don't know what to name these awards any thoughts on what we should
1: name the Tom Cruise awards yeah I think they're going to be the sunglasses at the end of the day but we never know
3: It's interesting What Tom Cruise is that he's very hard to Pick out a thing about him that is unique because the whole kind of package is the deal. The sprinties. Ooh, that's not bad. Dude, I do like where your head. I, I, I do like where your headed, Walt. I think that's. Cause I, think I mean, <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to call him like the
1: runs. No, <laughs> no you keep.
0: You, you keep <laughs> suggesting that on every one we, every one of these that we do, and it's never going to happen. A good
3: joke. <laughs> Stop well, trying I'm to make that happen. Saying.
0: Best film, I'm going to say no. Best of the worst, most fun bad film. We have Cocktail mm. and Endless
1: Love. I feel like this is in that category. Oh no. You don't think so? Mm, I don't take it like that because I genuinely like this movie, like okay. the way it is. But like, but but I feel it's like I said earlier. I feel that it's self-aware, right? Like it, 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 it I think it knows that it's like, hey, we're we're not Mission Impossible. We're definitely more hot shots or something like that going on here. Where
3: I don't know if Tom Cruise knows that in the movie. You don't think so? I don't know because I feel like he's
1: playing up the fact that he's like a uh, people melt like just at the sight of me kind of thing. Or like, I'm such a movie star kind of quality. I think he, I feel like he's putting that quality up more than usual in this, but that's just me. So I don't know.
0: And I will take that back. Cause I do love endless love and the insanity of that with Billy, the oh, arson as- Jesus. <laughs> man oh man i might have to buy that movie that can they put it out like shout factory put that out on like some like no. fancy blu-ray well, since right. yeah yeah since we did it so like the
1: month after we had to track it down
0: <laughs> best or worst cruise role i'm gonna say no because i feel like he could either like it's It's kind of just a generic version of what he's doing as opposed to like an intentionally generic version, right? Like it's, it could be more meta and it's not.
1: Or it could be more well-formed, like a, like for what it is, like Jack Reacher, right? Like at least he feels like a complete character, like a different guy kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Most badass role, I'm going to say no. Most daring Hmm. role to take, I'm going to say no. I mean, I just feel like if you compare this to Ethan Hunt, he's not going to be Ethan Hunt. I mean... I don't know.
1: I mean, they, I mean he's going to give him a run for Mike, his money. What, what what did this movie do to you? Like did this movie, like, does this
3: have like he secrets land, on you?
1: He, <laughs> <laughs> he landed an airplane. He ran with the bulls. Like he fought. You know who like else landed that, in an airplane trying...
3: is Tom Hanks. Tom, yeah. Tom Hanks landed an airplane uh, on the yeah, Hudson. No did. less. That's you can't okay, say so that, that's nothing. The, a lot more
0: souls on that plane than this one, Mike. I'll
1: take the plane off the list. I'll, I don't know. I just, I, I just really got a kick out of him in this movie. So, I mean, you know, we don't have to nominate it. I just, i'm not gonna not gush about it
0: i'm not gonna fight you on it but i'm also not gonna nominate it um so (laughs) take that for what it is fair enough (laughs) best fight is there a particular fight i will say the airplane fight here we can put that on here
3: airplane fight's real good that's a real good fight
0: Uh, best theme song soundtrack score i don't remember no no right best vehicle chase uh motorcycle chase running with the bulls oh, the motorcycle
3: there's also the uh the tunnel chase like when she's driving and he's saying open the door open the door yes. like yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so i think yeah, that this is a cool. very chasey movie it, listen mm-hmm. if there's the thing that this movie excels at it is the chase like yeah. it is the action set mm-hmm. pieces in this movie are bar none for any of its other flaws it's like it really gets a good chase in
1: yeah
0: best dance scene don't think he dances does he no recall. Best outfit wardrobe. I mean, he has a good looking suit at one point, but I don't think there's anything in here that really stands out, or does it?
1: No, there's, it's not like he's wearing like a neon or any color. No.
0: <laughs> now, here's a tough one, Mike. Best sunglasses. I know you pointed it out, but like Ooh. it feels like they're kind of what we've already seen before. Like it's not like I want the sunglasses from night and day. Like I went out and bought <laughs> knockoff Top Gun sunglasses because I wanted the green lens and the gold <laughs> frames. There's not, this movie is not one I'm on, like, I need those sunglasses, even though, right. you know, the aviators that he wears while he's on the hood of her car do look
1: great it's tough right because like a lot of sunglasses look alike Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like i I can only really picture like the ones you mentioned and then maybe the ones from mission impossible 2 because they explode yeah you know (laughs) They, they contain his mission and like they're really weird looking when he puts them on and stuff so yeah, they just, you know, I, I didn't really notice. It just seemed like he put on...
0: Well, like, also, the Risky of, Business Sunglasses made you forget Risky Business Sunglasses. Yeah,
1: I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, these even felt more like that. Like, I was sort of like, are those Ray-Bans? Are they Oakley's? That doesn't matter.
0: Like, all right, I'll, I'll put them on there. That's fine. I, I, I gotta give you one of these. Best Death. So here's a question. Do we want to nominate Best Death? Because
1: his character died, but not really. Like, not on screen. It's a, it's one of those patented, dead-not-dead dead moments for Tom Cruise's right? character. Right, Joe? I mean, that's a, that's a category all on its own. We should have been Tracking, if we had only known about that.
0: Well, we have that. I mean, we have them all written down.
1: <laughs> oh, and okay, good. Then we're going to have to go through them. Nominate- <laughs> we have
0: twice an in interview with the vampire. We have kind of in this movie, we have Vanilla Sky, quote unquote, commits suicide. Uh, he's defibrillated and brought back to life in Mission Possible 3. In Mission Possible 2, Tom Cruise dies, but he's in a mask. I look alike. He's rolled over by a horse and then revived from the afterlife in Far and Away. And then he takes a leap of faith in Vanilla Sky. So there's like six movies and eight or nine times. Where he dies and doesn't actually die. It's awesome. Right?
1: I mean, that's like completely unique to him as an actor. It's got to be, right? Like that's a I think it's so. like okay, I'll die in, in this, this movie as long as I'm not really dead.
0: Best line or best freak out. Is there a particular memorable quote from this? I have to dig for a quote in here that I liked that I was going to use as the pull quote. I don't know that there is one here because it feels like he's supposed to be kind of like just in a way sort of generic action star without really any kind of like memorable badass line.
2: I don't know. I really do like when he says just stay in the booth.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you should have stayed in the booth. All right. I'll put that on here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I feel like Cameron Diaz is given all the freakouts and stuff like that. So like I mean, he's like that's the thing that really struck me about him in this movie is like he is so casual and calm and cool and collected in the most sort of anxiety-driven, panic-stricken moments that you should be in. You know, like high-speed chase. Oh, it's cool. No problem. Like, gotta land an airplane. Mm, just give me a minute. Like, no problem. Yeah.
0: Best sex scene, they do not have sex, even though at one point Cameron Diaz is like, I really want to have sex right now, because that's a thing. Is there anything that he does athletically in this that is, I will point out that he oh. and Cameron Diaz are doing most of their stunts. A lot of the driving here, they are doing, a lot of the wire work and everything they're doing is there anything in here that we want to nominate the best of the best of his stunts through his career
3: he jumps and falls onto that big thing of like pallets and then apologizes to the guy on the boat that looks like it killed a stuntman it looked like it hurt like alright I'll say jumping onto a boat he smashes into just a big pile of crap on that and I like again it's stunts so you know that they take care of it but like it was a real good looking stunt
1: yeah Yeah, there were two other moments uh, like there was one when he was jumping building the the rooftop to Rooftop, and it was like almost a prelude to the Mission Impossible Fallout because, like, it looked like he almost missed the ledge and then, like, yanked himself up. And it was kind of a really cool camera angle, too, when they did that. And I was like, oh, that's real. That's definitely. (laughs) Uh, And then when he sort of fakes his own death and he falls, that's like a really Big, like I know that's more of like a classic stunt and stuff, but like that's a really big drop into water and stuff. And I'm sure he did that one too. So like, yeah, there's a lot of really great stunt stuff happening.
0: On the same coin,
1: is there a scene that we want to nominate for best running scene? I mean, dude, running on the roof like that was just hilarious. I mean, that's my phone right <laughs> there. All right, but I mean, still, it's is it gonna beat running from no, a no? But we can,
0: we can we can we can always call it down. We can call it down <laughs> and later.
1: Then, and then I'm watching that going. He runs from another sandstorm in the dark universe like he it's crazy
0: now here's an interesting one best or worst love story i don't think it's best is this worst love story hmm. is this up there mike with bill and alice in eyes wide shut or brian and jordan in cocktail
1: oh it's no brian and jordan no like that is they're doomed
2: and you don't think that these two are doomed i would yeah. say that it's worst he's always drugging her
1: yeah well she's always getting drugged like i think whoa well, 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 sure. well, hold, oh, hold on hold on no because that's why victim blame No, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying, like, the bad guys drugged her, too. It's not all Tom Cruise. Like, it's just, she's... Accident prone, maybe in that manner. I'm sure it'll stop when now that the mission's over. Do you think they're gonna wake up every day and like whoever drugs each other first? Like they have it's like playing a game, yeah. Maybe I don't don't think so.
0: I'm gonna nominate them for uh, worst love story though. Best ensemble cast, I'm gonna say no, but then best non cruise actor female, I will say Cameron Diaz
3: with a bullet, yes, absolutely.
0: In both Vanilla Sky and Mm. Night and Day. So now we have here. Nine awards. Jesus Christ. Best fight. Best vehicle chase race. Best sunglasses. Best death. Quote unquote death. Best line. Most athletic feet. Best running scene. Worst love story. And best non-cruise actor. Female. It always feels like these like middle of the road kind of like not great, not bad movies wind up with like a ton of awards, and I don't know why the science there works, but it always seems to happen that way.
1: It's science. Weird science.
0: Well, Walter and Jess, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Walter, if there's anything you want to plug, specifically the newsletter that I just got my monthly statement for, the best $5 I spend all month if you want to tell people right. about NumLock News, go for it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, again, thanks for having me on. This is always a ton of fun. I write a newsletter. Uh, it is free for the weekday edition. Uh, the $5 a month uh, that you're referring to gets you a, a little lecture on Sunday but uh, it's called numlock it's about great numbers that are buried in news stories it's nice and fun it's a good way to wake up uh you can find that at numlock.news like the key on the keyboard other than that i mean so i'm also doing a bunch of stuff at insider for elections uh that'll be fun over the next couple of months so if you're looking for an election night resource check me out i'm on twitter at wall thanks again for having me on this is always a huge like a really, really good excuse to watch a fun movie and talk about it with some cool folks. So, thanks for for having me on. And, and those who are listening, be sure to like it and uh, and give a good review to these guys. Oh, well, thank you,
0: told. Montez. What about you? What do you want to plug? I know you got your unicorn musings. Are you still musing over there about unicorns and such?
2: No, man. My life is just so busy right now. Oh, you do have a baby? I, I, I know, and like.
0: You want to plug my, being a mom? No,
2: I don't. Okay. <laughs> my dude's upstairs crying right now, so oh, no. he should be he should be asleep, but. No, I'm still I'm still watching movies, still keeping track of them, I'm still reading a, a shit little books. So I'll get back to it eventually. I've got my I've got my list going to rate my things. If anybody wants to go out there and see anything I've written in the past, again, I only watch movies that I find it to be entertaining (laughs) and I let people know if I find those movies entertaining a lot of people don't agree Joey and I don't agree on a lot of things so your
0: reviews on both sides of the spectrum movies that you love and movies you hate I'm just like I don't under I can't even what do you what
2: all right and and, you know you know honestly sometimes it's just the mood I'm in like sometimes I really love a movie or I'll go back and watch it later and I'm like man I really hate this movie why I love it to begin with and I agree with you night and day while it's a really fun movie and I really like it and I enjoy it I completely forgot about this movie until I randomly saw it on HBO four months ago. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot. I really love this movie.
0: It's like finding an old friend. It's just like, oh, exactly. yes. Hello, night and day. We meet again. Yes, yes. Well, Mike, next week over on the Hanks for the Memories podcast, you and I are getting marooned on an island. We were on an island in this movie. We're getting marooned on an island. But instead of Cameron Diaz by our side, we just have a volleyball. With a uh, bloody handprint. We are talking about Castaway. Wilson. Wildly different content from this one. But yeah. And then in two weeks, we're back here. We've teased it a little bit back here with Ghost Protocol, the next Mission Impossible movie, which, man, oh, man, what a good movie. But, uh, you know, Fridays are for fun. Also, check out High School Slumber Party, which Walter's been on a couple times.
3: Yes, that's such a good one. I have, the, He emailed me about coming back on, I think. It's just life's been a nightmare. But that is such a good podcast that folks should listen to if they're not already subscribed
0: well every friday yes go check out uh, high school slumber party uh, walter was on the christine episode he was on a couple different ones go check out high school slumber party go check out all 26 shows at cageclub.me or find whatever you need at facebook.com slash cage club or at cage club pod on twitter and instagram email us run r-u-n at cageclub.me come back next week on the hanks of the memories feed for castaway and then come back here in two weeks for mission impossible ghost protocol I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. So and that was Walter Hickey and Jess Collins, formerly Jess Night and Day. And we'll see you next time right here on Cruise Club.